T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. Welcome to Overnight America with Ryan Recker on KMOX. Sponsored by Michael's Flooring, the flooring experts, michaelsflooringoutlet.com. It's that time of night, you can't stay up tight. So come and join the people and I'm feeling all right here on over. America. Yeah, all right. Figure it out. Figure it out. Figure, Figure it, out. it out. I love it. I might just play that clip on loop for the next two hours. It's the last show of the week, and we've had so many great guests this week, and we haven't had a lot of call-ins or interactions that way. And I'm sure there's things that you've been wanting to talk about but may not have had the chance to do so. So I want to open them up now. If you got something on your mind, if you got something in your belly that you need to get out, whatever it is, 314-436-7900 or 800-925-1120. Let's open it up and let's have uh, some conversations the next couple of hours because, you know, I have other things that I do want to talk about. I do want to talk about executive orders. There's been a ton of them so far issued uh, by Joe Biden. I mean, a ton, way too many. In fact, it's kind of, um, it's so funny, as much as you hear, we want to do things in a bipartisan way. So that's why we're going to have him sign executive orders for everything. A real bipartisan way, sure. So we're going to go through a list of some of those executive orders coming up. Are you liking them? Are you hating them? How do you think uh, things are going so far? What do you think about the priorities that we've seen so far in this administration? We might talk about that, too. And I saw that a new trailer was released for a Disney Plus series coming out in a few months. I want to talk about that, too, because I'm pretty excited for it. I am so pumped up for this series. And we'll we'll uh, play you the trailer for that, too. And in the last hour, we'll try to get as much as we can done. But really, I just want to hear from you. I, I want to hear your voice. I want to hear you call in and make fun of me or argue or just in general agree with whatever it is we haven't we've uh, you know the last couple of days it, we've been quiet on the phone lines because of the sheer number of guests that we've welcomed on so i want to make sure i leave this opportunity for you to call in it was 35 years ago the challenger disaster occurred and earlier and i started the show with the ronald reagan speech and i feel like I, it's such a good speech i want to do it again because i know that the way radio works we don't have uh, normally the same listeners at 8 p.m. as we do 10 p.m. It's a completely different audience. 
I mean, I'm sure there's some people that listen the entire show. And if you're one of those people, you are my, what I would call the best friend tier of the show. <laughs> the ones that listen the most. But if you're not, you're in the majority because I understand listening habits are different. You can't just sit and listen for multiple hours a night. Uh, some people can't do that. I totally understand that. That's probably best for the podcast listeners that can download the shows there. If you find them at uh, Overnight America, just search wherever you get your podcast. But it was back in 1986, the Challenger disaster uh, occurred. And it was that night that Ronald Reagan was going to address the American people. But then it turned into a completely different tone. It turned into we just had a national disaster unfold in front of everyone. There were kids watching this at school trying to understand what in the world just happened. And on that night, that day, I should say, uh, Bill Harwood, uh, he was with NASA and talking about the NASA Day of Remembrance. 54 years ago, on January 27th, 1967, three Apollo astronauts were killed in a launch pad fire at Cape Canaveral. 35 years ago, on January 28, 1986, Challenger 7 crew members, including high school teacher Krista McAuliffe, perished 73 seconds after liftoff when the space shuttle disintegrated after a booster failure. And February 1st will mark the 18th anniversary of the Columbia disaster that claimed seven more astronauts as they were returning to Earth. The Day of Remembrance is meant to honor the fallen crew members and their families and to remind everyone in the space program that lives are on the line and safety is paramount. Lives are on the line. It is a dangerous thing. All things considered, it's pretty remarkable we're able to do any of this stuff. If you think about the vastness of our universe, let alone our solar system, if you think about how difficult it is to send anything out and it can make it there safely, we've sent probes and satellites to Mars. We've sent satellites to, to go past every planet, including Pluto, which I'm including as a planet. We've got all of these things, and we can do that with enough accuracy to fly by and get a picture, a photograph of these things, and send back data. We've got Jupiter having a awesome probe. We got the moons of large planets like Jupiter and Saturn that we've been able to photograph and even land on. Uh, Russia even put something down on Venus. We sent a probe to the sun to get better idea of how that operates closest to the sun we've ever been. We can do all of these things. It's amazing to me that we even have the capability to calculate and do this to such precision because all of that is needed. And then you have the, un, the question mark, what happens when they get there? Will it be able to survive all of these things? And when you start to mix in human life with that, and they are totally, they are really reliant on the engineers that have been able to put all of this together. They are relying on all the hundreds of thousands of man hours that went into that one launch it's amazing all of that could be coordinated and put together. Then I guess there's some people that believe that none of that happened. Sure, they can just say, okay, because it never happened. Um, <laughs> there may be some people listening right now that don't believe we've done any of that sort of stuff in space, but we did. And it's it's a, a huge accomplishment of mankind that we've done that. All right, so let's take a couple of calls. And I just wanted to mention the Challenger disaster that happened 35 years ago. We still, to this day, remember it. And maybe I'll play that Ronald Reagan speech a little bit later this hour. Let's go to Rick, who's calling in. Welcome to Overnight America. Hey, Ryan. My, I got two comments. Number one, Nancy Pelosi tearing up the State of the Union address on national TV. It happened 11 months ago, but in a way, that's incited a riot. It just hmm. took a while for it to come out. And number two is, how come we don't hear politicians 
talking about trying to get money out of China for all the heartaches that the China virus has caused. And I'll turn it back to you. All right. Thanks, Rick. I feel that uh, on the onset, that was something that President Trump mentioned. And it was tough because in the very early part of the virus, he was just brokering a new trade deal in trying to de-escalate the tariffs that were going back and forth. It was a pretty big deal. I mean, a huge deal. So we were starting to figure out how we're going to handle it on our side. And then more time passed and we realized that this virus was just cycling through China. They were lying about it. They weren't giving accurate numbers. Who knows if the World Health Organization was getting on China's side as opposed to actually reporting the truth of what was happening there, maybe playing defense for them. Real shady business by the World Health Organization. And we find out months later, we finally figure out the severity of this sort of thing. We start working on it behind the scenes, testing this thing. And then it just starts to ravage the rest of the world. And we realize um, maybe China should be held accountable, not not for being the origination site, but for the cover up that made things exponentially worse and made us delayed when it came to our response. Maybe that's what we should have done. I don't think you'll ever see that with the Biden administration. I feel they're going to be friendly to China. I feel like they're going to go back to previous stances when it comes to bowing down and doing what they want because we don't want to upset the giant trade uh, economy that uh, they offer to us and the cheap labor. And we're just going to turn the other cheek on the slave labor and then the uh, genocides and things going on. We're just going to ignore these things, all these human right violations. We're just going to go back to doing that again. I hope that's not the case. They are a huge violator of so many different uh, things that we would never stand for here in the United States. And we shouldn't have to tolerate it from a country like that. We should be putting pressure for them to change these things. And then again, we shouldn't be rewarding them or giving them any cut or slack on it. So 314-436-7900. Rick, I think you bring up a good point. Uh, we're running a little bit late, so hold on, Big Al. We'll get you right after the break. It's Overnight America, KMOX. St. Louis's morning news. Total information AM. Weekday mornings at 5 on KMOX and KMOX.com. Welcome back to Overnight America. Hey, thanks for spending time with us each and every night. You can find me on Facebook, and we can hate Facebook together. Ryan Recker Radio. Just do a search for me on there, and you can find the show page. Let's go to Big Al, who's holding on. Welcome to Overnight America. What's up, buddy? I know you liked our one guest we had on last hour, the Elaine Kalati, the uh, billionaire yeah. out there investing. I'm I available. Text I texted you that one. Now I'm in trouble. But anyway, hey, uh, can we send Executive O Joe to Uranus for me? Um, that's his uh, pen is already on fire. And uh, oh, I know it's already out of ink. Killing this country by choking us off and making us dependent on the other countries. And and can you imagine Putin and G? tonight and just sitting there smoking cigars and laughing on a conference call oh man all of their problems just disappeared yeah uh, i mean yeah, you're a, taking a, great jobs union jobs that backed him and the administration and the democrats and he's cutting their feet out and those guys they were on tonight they're making two hundred thousand mm. dollars oil workers and and pipeline makers that are union jobs and, oh, yeah. and they're they're gone I think and all the people that moved out drilling. there, yeah, specifically for that they moved out there. Right. And they're stopping drilling on lands, and they had a lady out there. She goes, I, I'm, this is going to kill the four states right now, 
And it's going to cause about a $3 billion hit, and our GDP is going to go down just on this one move. So everybody that voted, you got what you wished for, so baby, bar the door. So, uh, you know, this is unbelievable what's going on. Bernie Sanders and and OAC is running this country. Yeah, let me just say this real quick, Big Al, because this is going to be a thing where they're going to blame it on Donald Trump and they'll say, oh, it's because he didn't do this or that. And that's why uh, the jobs are sluggish and that's why the economy is sluggish. No, 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 no. I, we have to be very clear. The reason why we weren't rebounding the way we should be rebounding is because we were working Chinavar. against it. Yeah. We're, we're, no, well, that and because of these uh, executive orders, getting rid of energy independence for the country and yep. killing these jobs, all of these different things, they want to go to these um, they, they want to go back and try to look at all of these different progressive changes that they want to reverse yep. or whatever. They're all job killers. And we got to make sure that he's held accountable. And we know that it's his administration responsible for that. Trump took the, the United States gloves off. Ty- untied our hands, told the other countries that it's time to pay. Our economy went through the roof. Jobs were for great for everybody. And our gas was low. We were energy independent. And everybody make Mark and Santa where we are because the virus came. And Joe said he was xenophobic for uh, even suggesting that. And now he's, he's out there, you know, he's going to take control of this stuff. So, uh, I hope so. I pray for our nation. Yeah. I'm 58, and I pray, my kids and my grandkids, with what's going on in this country, you people better wake up and realize that this isn't a democratic issue. This is an overthrow, and it's coming from within. And mm-hmm. I just want to tell you that people, our, our country was born on revolution. Okay, keep that in mind. I'm not suggesting anything, but once you push a person so far, an American, Watch out, because he's going to come back at you, and don't blame us for it. And I'm not saying it's right, but that's just the way it is. You want to go communism? My dad got shot in Iwo Jima to prevent this. Mm. And one more thing. I'll tell you who listens to you every minute, and that's my beagle. He loves you to death. Ah, yes. Good night. Can I say something real quick? Uh, Yes, sir. But Big Al, before you go, is your granddaughter three now? Yes. Amazing. I remember you two, calling him. Almost it. two. Yeah. And his he's Bam Bam. He runs across and throws his head into you and laughs. And he's just a tyrant. And she's the queen of the world and got her parents wrapped around her finger. But when Papa shows up and he don't take it, well, then the stuff hits the fan. And when I'm done with her, she's like, Papa, I love you. I go, see you in a nice behave. Do you like to be in timeout? Papa, don't take that. Yeah. I, I created I, your dad, so I've been there, done that, okay? <laughs> You're a direct spawn of me, so I've done it, did it, and yeah. so get up against the wall. And then she's like, I'm sorry, Papa. And she's good. <laughs> I remember you calling in after the birth and talking about it. It's just so awesome. Uh, thank you, Big Al. I appreciate you calling in tonight. I just wanted to uh, ask about that. It's We've come a long way. I I feel in some ways... It's amazing everything that's happened on this show in the last couple of years. I'm coming up to four years at the radio station. where I'm just about um, uh, two months away from that. I'm really close. And I, I keep thinking about all these things and everything that's changed since then, the things that we talked about four years ago versus the things we talk about now. 
the way the St. Louis has changed and the landscape of the country and just my family has changed. We have a baby girl now. My son's older. He's in school. And I think about all these different things. I get soft thinking about that. I really do. He's doing science projects. He's bringing science projects home. <laughs> We've got, I just wish he was going to school five days a week. I keep thinking about how much better life would be if he was in school five days a week. And it's unfair to him that he's out of school. He's not getting that experience. It's unfair to him and his learning experience and his ability to better himself as a student. It's totally unfair. And it's just the worst time for it all. And I think, too, about if you're in eighth grade or you're a senior in high school, I think that you're missing out on what should be a fun year, right? You're about to go to that next stage of your life. You feel like I've got it all figured out and you don't. And you're missing out on sports and watching sports and hanging out with your friends and how frustrating. I think about when I was that age, when I was 18, well, I guess 17, before I got out of high school and turning 18 that summer and everything I did with my friends and being out every night and just the simple joys of going and get like a hot chocolate or a coffee or something at night and just being up late going and just like parking and, uh, and just like smoking a cigar. Now I, I don't do any of that stuff anymore. Now keep in mind, I've changed a lot since then, but I just remember the simple joys of literally doing nothing other than sitting out and just talking about whatever, listening to the radio in the background, it's classic rock or something like that, or some pop music that someone wanted to listen to top 40 or whatever. And just you and all your friends just doing whatever you want. And all of that was just taken away and stolen from them. So we may look at the financial side. We have to also look at the cultural side and the problems that this has caused us as a society. And it's it's a big deal. We cannot, we cannot just let that slip under the rug. Uh, I feel soft tonight. There's a lot of that going down. Feeling awfully soft. 314-436-7900 or 800-925-1120. Should we do the challenger speech to get a little motivation? You know, anything you want to talk about, give us a call tonight. Honestly, I'm, I'm at that point where we've had so many topics, so many guests this past week. I haven't opened things up to you. I would much prefer to hear your thoughts, your perspectives on things. 35 years ago was the Challenger disaster. I'm sure on KMOX, this address would have been aired live, which is Ronald Reagan addressing the nation on that. And I got to say, it's such a emotional, well thought out, beautifully written speech. Instead of just playing a clip it, which is the highlight, I'm going to play the whole thing because to where we are right now, we can also look at the way the astronauts in the way they try and the and how difficult it is and the the future is those for the brave and we can look at that right now maybe we could use that for some of our own motivation as we find so much of what we've had also taken away today ladies and gentlemen i'd plan to speak to you tonight to report on the state of the union but the events of earlier today have led me to change those plans today is a day for mourning and remembering Nancy and I are pained to the core by the tragedy of the shuttle Challenger. We know we share this pain with all of the people of our country. This is truly a national loss. 19 years ago, almost to the day, we lost three astronauts in a terrible accident on the ground. But we've never lost an astronaut in flight. We've never had a tragedy like this. And perhaps we've forgotten the courage it took for the crew of the shuttle. But they, the Challenger 7, were aware of the dangers 
but overcame them and did their jobs brilliantly. We mourn seven heroes, Michael Smith, Dick Scobie, Judith Resnick, Ronald McNair, Ellison Onizuka, Gregory Jarvis, and Krista Mikuloff. We mourn their loss as a nation together. The families of the seven, we cannot bear as you do the full impact of this tragedy. But we feel the loss and we're thinking about you so very much. Your loved ones were daring and brave and they had that special grace, that special spirit that says, give me a challenge and I'll meet it with joy. They had a hunger to explore the universe and discover its truths. They wished to serve and they did. They served all of us. We've grown used to wonders in this century. It's hard to dazzle us. But for 25 years, the United States space program has been doing just that. We've grown used to the idea of space and perhaps we forget that we've only just begun. We're still pioneers. They, the members of the Challenger crew, were pioneers. And I want to say something to the school children of America who were watching the live coverage of the shuttle's takeoff. I know it's hard to understand, but sometimes painful things like this happen. It's all part of the process of exploration and discovery. It's all part of taking a chance and expanding man's horizons. The future doesn't belong to the faint-hearted. It belongs to the brave. The Challenger crew was pulling us into the future, and we'll continue to follow them. I've always had great faith in and respect for our space program, and what happened today does nothing to diminish it. We don't hide our space program. We don't keep secrets and cover things up. We do it all up front and in public. That's the way freedom is, and we wouldn't change it for a minute. We'll continue our quest in space. There will be more shuttle flights and more shuttle crews, and yes, more volunteers, more civilians, more teachers in space. Nothing ends here. Our hopes and our journeys continue. I want to add that I wish I could talk to every man and woman who works for NASA or who worked on this mission and tell them your dedication and professionalism have moved and impressed us for decades. And we know of your anguish. We share it. There's a coincidence today. On this day, 390 years ago, the great explorer Sir Francis Drake died aboard ship off the coast of Panama. In his lifetime, the great frontiers were the oceans and the historian later said he lived by the sea, died on it, and was buried in it. Well, today, we can say of the Challenger crew, their dedication was, like Drake's, complete. The crew of the Space Shuttle Challenger honored us for the manner in which they lived their lives. We will never forget them, nor the last time we saw them this morning, as they prepared for their journey and waved goodbye, and slipped the surly bonds of earth to touch the face of God. Thank you. Wow. To touch the face of God. Wow. I, I, I listen to that and think it is just so beautifully written right when you needed something like that. 
Let's take some of your calls after the break. It's Overnight America KMOX. We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. News Radio 1120 KMOX, the voice of the Cardinals. Welcome back to Overnight America. Wow. Here we are on this night. It's an anniversary date for the Challenger explosion that happened back in 1986. What a night. One that you don't remember if you lived through it. Let's take some of your calls. And Elvis is holding on. Welcome to Overnight America. Mr. Wrecker. How are you? Oh, oh, I'm doing okay, my friend. How's you and your family doing? We're doing all right. Cold. Good, good, sir. (laughs) Yeah. Well, listen, uh, I was telling the feller that answered the phone that I was in third grade when that happened. So I remember Uh, it pretty well. Were you watching it on the TV? No, we were eating lunch in third grade. We were, because that was our lunch period. And when we come back from lunch, we were in the room, and we, we didn't do anything else the rest of the afternoon because that's all we talked about was the Challenger and the four people that were killed in it. So yeah, more than that. Yeah. So the, all yeah. of the astronauts, a real yeah, terrible yeah. tragedy. And, so oh, it's kind I, of tough to discuss that. If you're a teacher, uh, I know that you're equipped to have conversations in a way that a child can understand, but that's a tough one to sit down and try to explain to a kid. Well, I, I just, thank God we had president Reagan because the man knew exactly how to sound right on the number being that trained Hollywood actor that he was. So, do, I mean, do I you actually did a remember? Good job. Like, do you remember being in that classroom and talking about it? Do you have memories of it? Oh yeah, yeah. My teacher walked in and she was not really crying, but she was pretty shake, shooken up. And she said, "Class, you've got to hear this." And we're all sitting there going, "What's going on?" And she finally says, "The the Challenger blew up," and some of us didn't know what she was talking about. Now the science kids, they they knew what she was going on about, but some of us didn't know. And she said, "The Challenger blew up and it killed so many of our astronauts." And and it was on television when it blew up. She kept going on about and so. And there was, everybody was so shocked, oh, and yeah, I mean, th- that, that's, uh, my father compared it to uh, being in the fourth or fifth grade when President Kennedy was shot in the 60s, how, how it was, everybody yeah. went, you know, sadly crazy over, you know, that, so. Yeah, I remember my parents talking about coming home from school and, you know, what that was like, and, you know, everyone crying, and they, uh-huh. they remember just how difficult all of that was. My, my um, well, was I, it's one of those memories. Yeah. So, I was but, a little but, bit older uh, before the, the next thing I remember. Like for me, in 1986, I would have only have been two, uh, not quite three uh, yet. And then 
because of it, I don't remember that. For me, probably the first big event I can remember actually being of a significance. And I know there's been other things that happened, but it wasn't until September 11th that it really was something like that on that scale. Um, really? You you don't remember the yeah. the very first Persian Gulf War or none of that? I'm, I'm only, not being critical. No, I'm just I saying. I well, just, when I was on. younger, I, I, I only remember the 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 names and then the Saturday Night Live skits around them, but I don't oh, remember yeah. ever. Yeah, I don't remember sitting down watching that. I don't remember my parents talking to me about the Gulf War or anything. None of that. It's right. just I, I remember the pulp, the pop culture references to it. But then again, it wasn't like a singular event that everyone watched, right? Um, right, well, I guess right. in a way, CNN kind of what they love to show Baghdad and the they, they would show them shooting the tracers and things at, in the night sky there. I guess there was that sort of thing, but it wasn't like a singular event that was an American tragedy that people were following. I, I understand where you're coming from. Yeah. So. Yeah. All right. Well, hey, thanks, Elvis. Good to hear from you. Have a good night. Uh, I was going online. And if you want to talk challenger, you can. It's one of those nights. Um, I wanted to see this Biden rescinding Trump ban on funding abortions overseas. When I read this, I thought, what in the world are you going to accomplish when you sign an executive order that would allow us as Americans during our time of need when we're already having issues, financially speaking, we have people that are out of jobs. We have people that are struggling to pay rent. We have people that are looking at some medical bills because of them and whatever uh, happens and illnesses. They have them trying to figure out how they're going to help their kids. Uh, they probably put their retirements or any other things on hold as their uncertainty is there. We're already looking at more and more trillions of dollars in stimulus packages. And as a country, are we really in a position to be sending money overseas, let alone for things like this? So Thursday morning, President Biden signs an executive order rescinding a rule known as the Mexico City policy, which prohibits foreign non-governmental organizations from receiving U.S. funding if they promote or perform abortion as a method of family planning. So we're saying, OK, the best use of our time and resources is right now we're going to make it so it's easier for us to fund abortions through the government. You kidding me? What, I mean, really, where are we when it comes to the grand scale? If there's a hierarchy of the different problems that we're facing, why is this one up there in the top? And, you know, just, let's just do this. Let's just kind of go through the list of the executive orders that uh, president Biden has so far signed. And there's a lot of them. I mean, a lot of them. I don't even know if he has any ink left in his pens the amount of times he's been signing this thing, let alone he can barely put the pen inside of his suit jacket to begin with. So he signs. I was looking at online the different presidents and they were saying, okay, during during the Clinton administration, they signed two and in the first six weeks. And Trump uh, signed uh, four. And then Obama signed six. Or, you know, there's like these still things. And he's in the 20s so far in the first six days. He is going through and signing. What was the number? 27 at last check. So here's a couple of them here. Um, executive order rejoining the Paris Agreement on climate change because, you know, we have all kinds of money to throw around for this. What is, does that mean more money is going to be going out the door? Are we going to help fund other countries to meet their initiative on this? Because ultimately, 
that's what we should be doing, right? Giving money outside of our own needs. Uh, promoting ending a ban on U.S. entry from uh, majority Muslim countries. That is one of the biggest con jobs is trying to label it that way and brand it that way as opposed to a security issue. And how funny is it that in the time of the uh, coronavirus, when all these other countries close their borders off and bear entry from all kinds of other countries, that we're going to do the opposite and say, oh, no, come on in. <laughs> uh, executive orders requiring mask wearing on federal property coordinated effort for government-wide COVID-19 response. So, yay, the feds are going to over, over uh, supersede whatever the local municipalities want. Executive order revisiting immigration enforcement policies, uh, undergoing regulatory restrictions on federal agencies, incorporating undocumented immigrants into the census. So that's a big one. Undocumented immigrants will be counted into the census as part of the order. Now, that's tough. Uh, and think about one of the reasons why you'd want to do that. When they talk about uh, the state line that we brought on in the first hour, in fact, maybe we'll replay that and have that again next hour. But whenever there's a census and whenever they count these sort of things, it helps them figure out redistricting. And redistricting will help dish out where the congressmen and women in the different districts, and also federal money and resources. So what you're going to do is find that when they start counting this in the census, it's going to be diverting resources out of areas where citizens are, where the resources should be spent into areas where the non-citizens. And that is also troubling because then it comes to representation. So what you're finding is that we're going to over-represent areas with people that are not citizens. And all of a sudden, the number of the people in the House, in the well, the House at least, we're going to find that they're going to be representing areas that are predominantly Democrat in this sense. That's another danger. But they, executive order, that's what he's doing. It's so funny. There, you can't go out there and scream, we need to do things on a bipartisan way when all you're doing is signing one executive order after another. There's nothing bipartisan about that. There is no trying to unify the country for any of that. Executive order banning discrimination on the basis of gender. And that's a tough one because now you're looking at ways that you know the, the bathroom debate comes back up should someone that's a biological male that has biological male parts at school be allowed into a girl's locker room and have access to that sort of thing so now you're starting to bring these debates back up and now the feds are saying well go ahead uh, revamping regulatory reviews, uh, executive order mandating ethics pledge for government appointees, proclaiming pulling funds from the border wall. So that's going to take more jobs away, sure. And we're just going to allow the southern border to go. And, hey, it's open season. If you can make it, you make it. Executive order pausing federal student loan payments. That's a big one, too. Now, that's the federal student loan payments. The, I think there's a difference between that and the moratorium on the evictions because when it comes to student loans you're still going to owe that in the end it might just push the payment plans back and ultimately paying it to the government's different than a landlord trying to collect from an individual who is not paying and still inside of the property which uh, holds it up and they can't make any money off of that sort of thing puts them in a bad spot so it's a little different on that sense uh moratorium reinstating deferred enforcement departure for Librarians, uh, uh, let's see, moratorium strengthening deferred action for childhood arrivals. That was all on day one. And then you can go down the list, day two, day three. It's such a long list, one after another. After. Is he doing anything other than signing executive orders? Is the whole purpose of his administration just to sit down and sign executive orders one after another? Is that all that he plans on doing? You're not doing... Uh, 
it's funny. Remember when Donald Trump, he was bringing in people left and right. He was doing meetings. He even met with Al Gore to sit down and talk about climate change. And there were people that hated Donald Trump that said, at least he talked to me and heard me out. This is nothing like that's going down in the Biden administration. It's just I'm going to sit down and sign whatever I want. So that's what you voted for. You vo- And how dangerous is that? That one after another, they're just going through executive order. Anytime I hear Pelosi or Schumer say, we're all about unity. We're going to do things in a bipartisan way. It's all a sham. They're lying when they say that to you because they're cheering to do whatever they can to get only executive orders through at this point. And then they're going to tie everything else up in the Senate through a sham when it comes to the impeachment trial. So forget this. All their actions are pointing in one direction. And it's not unity. We'll take a break. Uh, this is Overnight America KMOX. This is Overnight America, sponsored by Michael's Flooring, the flooring experts. Michael'sFlooringOutlet.com on KMOX. So overnight, the time is right. Uh, so here's a few things I wanted to get to. It wasn't just going to be me ranting all night, but you got to kind of got me at a time where I couldn't help it. I saw that today dropped the trailer for the new Mighty Ducks TV series on Disney Plus, which is the streaming service. And I was watching this, and it's looking good. I got to tell you, I grew up watching the Mighty Ducks. I thought it was great. A hockey movie from Disney. Are you kidding? There's a tie-in to an NHL team eventually. How cool is that? I wouldn't say I was a fan of the NHL club, but it definitely meant the merchandising opportunity was pretty cool. But eventually, uh, the movies had sequels, and they were still kind of cool. Emilio Estevez was cool in them. I still have yet to watch it with my son, and I think he would like it. But he just he tells me, no, I don't want to see that yet. Like He's just like he's not ready for it. He's The only sports movie he's watched is The Sandlot. And I said, if you like The Sandlot, you're going to like this one, son. But Mighty Ducks is coming to Disney+. Plus. It's going to be a TV series, meaning instead of it being a movie... There's going to be a, you know, episode here, episode there every week like they do to other things. I got to cut you. If you can't be great at hockey, it's like, don't bother. I got to cut you. It's like an older kid talking to a younger kid. Apparently, he's coaching the team. I got to cut you. If you can't be good, then why bother? I want you to think about all the other kids who've been told that they're too small or too slow. They just want to get out there and play. I love it. You know, this is kind of like Cobra Kai in a way, where Cobra Kai is the 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 reboot that happened on the Karate Kid series from the 80s. So I don't know if you saw this. Originally, it was on YouTube, and then it was picked up on Netflix. And the Cobra Kai series was pretty fantastic. If you haven't actually seen it, it's really worth your time. So Johnny, who in in, uh, Karate Kid, loses the tournament if you remember daniel son goes up and does that crane kick or whatever and he loses so they're both adults now um daniel is a successful car dealership owner and johnny is a nobody uh very much partied through his 20s did nothing with his life broke have you know a kid that doesn't connect with them and all of these things strange uh i guess their divorced wife whatever and he opens this up because one of the kids that are living in the apartment complex is always getting beaten up. And he's like, we're not going to have that. I'm going to teach you. So he opens up this dojo and he teaches this kid and he's very well into it. So he builds him up and he becomes one of the great fighters. Cause you know, of course, Johnny's a great teacher and it's an awesome show. I, I got to tell you to watch it. I wonder if mighty ducks is going to be like that. They're going to take all the runs in, get them together 
Lorelai from Golden Girls is going to be there to root them on. And it's going to be the true underdog story, kind of like in the other Mighty Ducks where they gathered all the kids from the neighborhood together. They couldn't even get uniforms or pads or anything like that. But somehow they came together as a team and it all worked. Let's start our own team. All we need is an ice rink. You lost? So if you're looking at red skates, that's up front. Now that's Emilio Estevez working on the Zamboni. So now they're trying to find a place and now they got a person to do it. I got to tell you, I'm excited. I think this is going to be great. I hope the show is, if Disney's doing it, you know, it's going to be good, right? If it's a Disney plus type of thing. So I'm excited. It comes out in March, a few months away. Wanted to uh, let you know that that trailer's now dropped. If you want to go see it, it looks pretty awesome. Oh, Diana's calling in. Welcome to Overnight America. Hi, Ryan. Good hearing from so you again. I, yeah, well, I, I still listen to, to your show every night. And I was listening last night, and I really liked that story that the lady shared with you about Josh Holly visiting her home and sitting on the porch and talking to her. And that's something that you rarely hear about, you know, uh, elected officials visiting the home and, and, and sharing or interacting with their constituents or with citizens, you know, yeah. and they're they're actually public servants, but people treat them like like they're beyond uh, human, and maybe some of them are. But nevertheless, that was a beautiful story, and uh, and that really says a lot about uh, Josh Holly. Now, when I um. Uh, I really studied the Congress and their interaction, but uh, when I saw him uh, first uh, express his objection to to the electoral count, what what I really saw was someone who was an attorney, and he really wanted to verify um, the, those. Uh, votes in Pennsylvania. That's that's what I saw. I, mm-hmm. I, I, I really saw the attorney in him at that moment. And I really thought, you know, he was going to really go for it. But, um, you know, the, the count went through the anyway. Um, mm-hmm. So uh, he, he he's really a very educated young man. And if if he's aspiring for higher office, um, you know, I think he people should really, you know, just respect the fact that he's still young. And uh if if he made any kind of error, he didn't do make a big error that none of the other congresspersons have made because many of them have made mistakes. I mean, that's what humans do, but non-humans don't make mistakes because they're perfect. Hmm. Okay. Well, I I don't think he is perfect. I don't think anyone's perfect. Um, But then again, I I look at the situation and I feel that they are projecting things onto him in uh, that are unnecessary and not true. And it's a full court assault on anyone that stood up and said anything there. And I just think it's so out of line that they're, they're really pushing the boundaries of, uh, of what is even considered 
uh, inciting speech. But either way, Diana, I'm glad you called in. I'm glad you caught that last night, too. That was a good call. We have another hour of Overnight America coming up in the next. And how about you give us a call then? It's on KMOX. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. 